The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Let's talk about the environment and specifically fauna. BirdLife South Africa is the South African national partner organization of BirdLife International. It has a membership in excess of 5,000, many of whom belong to more than 32 affiliated bird clubs. BirdLife SA's vision is to promote the enjoyment, understanding, study and conservation of wild birds and their habitats. It publishes an ornithological journal, Ostrich, covering the birds of Africa and its islands, as well as the magazine African Bird Life. One of the major projects with which it is involved is the second Southern African Bird Atlas Project. It is one of three partners which lead this project. The other two are the Animal Demography Unit at the University of Cape Town and the South African National Biodiversity Institute. Let's have a bit of a novel conversation, one certainly I've never had on this platform, with Mr. Mark Anderson, Chief Executive Officer of BirdLife South Africa. A gentleman I met last month, would you believe it, of all places, at a shipping launch cruise dinner. How we meet and get our stories is quite profound. Story on an, on its own for another day. Mark, good evening. So good to be chatting to you again. Welcome to SAFM now. Hi, thanks. I guess it was nice to meet you a couple of weeks ago. It certainly is great to have you on the show. Well, I don't know much about birds, I'll be honest, but precisely because of that, I don't imagine, for one, I'm the only one sort of in the space that I am in. But let's use this opportunity just to educate people about the importance of birds and the work that you guys do and uh, the ecosystem, particularly nature, fauna in particular, how birds fit into this matrix and why South Africans, as they should with anything that's from the environment, be particular in looking after it? I guess I'm guess so those are good questions. Now, I mean, birds play important ecological roles, and there's many roles that they play, but one of them is they're pollinators of plants. They're also predators of rodents. So you know, those are just two reasons why they, it's important to have them around. They also have an important economic value, and we know that through um, studies that have been done in South Africa and elsewhere in the world that they contribute significantly to um, one's country's economy. In South Africa, probably contributing up to 2 billion rand a year in terms of bird watching, and both domestic and international bird watching. But I suppose one of the most two important billion. things... 2 billion rand, yes. That was a, a study done by the Department of Trade and Industry about 10 years ago. An important thing is actually growing. I mean, this industry is growing worldwide. It's in America, it apparently now matches golf and gardening as the three most popular pastimes. Wow, that's staggering. Yeah, no, it it's, uh, really is a big industry now. And also, what we encourage is to see the number of young people that are watching birds as well. But so I guess what I need to tell you too is that you know birds are those proverbial canaries in the coal mine. When they're around, we know that the environment is healthy and healthy for other you know, life and, and especially healthy for humans. Once they start disappearing, and then we need to start worrying. So by protecting birds, as BirdLife South Africa does, we also look after the environment and we ensure that we have a healthy environment on which um, you know, all life on the planet exists, including humans. Let's talk about something that I read recently about the Indian miner being a bit of a, a nemesis to nature, particularly for other birds, and that it is being monitored in terms of its impact, detrimental impact to the environment. How much can you share about the Indian miner in the context of bird life worldwide, but specific to South Africa to the extent you can share? Yeah, so the Indian miner, also called the common miner, is an introduced species. 
it never it's not native to South Africa. It was introduced here together with other species like the common starling, the house sparrow, um, the house crow, and and mallard duck and a few others. And you know they they've proliferated. Some introduced species don't do as well, but others like the Indian miner, the common miner, have done really well. And um, they're largely confined to urban environments, which is good. And in these environments, we believe they can compete with um, indigenous native birds for nesting sites and, and for food. But unfortunately, you know, they are, they are numerous. And you know, this is a standard question I get asked, and we at BirdLife South Africa get asked, you know, what can we do about the miners? I'm afraid there's very little we can do. They're just so numerous. Um, we can, I suppose, in places like Kruger National Park, you know, where we do see them, you know, try and get rid of them. But I think in, in urban environments, particularly up in Gauteng, I think they're yet to stay, unfortunately. Let's talk about the research and all of the, if you like, academic aspects associated with the bird industry, not so much from a commercial perspective, but from a research and nature conservation perspective, and opportunities in particular for young people to engage what I suppose is not a traditional um economic activity, certainly not a traditional space for employment. But nonetheless, when you talk about two billion rands worth as an industry, this is now research done some 10 years ago, there clearly is a case that perhaps this is an opportunity that should be tapped into more than it currently may be. Well, that's right. And there's you know, two um, parts to your question. One is that you know, a lot of people, more and more people, can study birds in these various academic institutions around the country where they can go and study ornithology. You know, one being the Fitzpatrick Institute of African Ornithology at the University of Cape Town. And we, in fact, at BirdLife South Africa, employ a number of their graduates. So it is a career that one can follow, and you know, we employ a lot of these scientists. I think we have 13 staff at BirdLife South Africa, and we now have PhDs. So that's the first um, answer to your question. The second is that you know, it's an important economic activity, and over the last 15 or so years, BirdLife South Africa has trained more than 200 community bird guides. We've just um, completed the training of 12 guides with AXA funding down in the Western Cape. They graduated last week. And these 200, or a lot of these 200 people, we're not sure how many, but certainly more than 50, make a living from bird guiding today, guiding both local and international bird watchers, and they make a living from it. And the, you know, the communities in which they live also benefit from the work that they do. I have a message coming through here, and I'm actually asking the lady or the gentleman to share more information on this. This is how the SMS reads. Of course, you're going to get an opportunity to respond to it. I'm hoping in that time, the gentleman or the lady who has sent this message will be able to share more details about this. But this is how the message reads. Good evening, Songezo, your guest from BirdLife and SFM listeners. I would like to congratulate the organization for the stunning job they do at Ingula Pumped Storage Scheme. They are doing a great job. Share with us what you guys are doing at Ingula Pumped Storage Scheme, and hopefully the listener who has participated as through that message can also give us an anecdote or two. Mark? Yes, yeah, so we've partnered with Eskom and um, the Middlepit Wetland Trust around this pump storage scheme. Now, this is an, an important um, operation that helps generate electricity for our country and something that's, as we all know, in short supply at the moment. But what we've been involved with as BirdLife South Africa is to ensure that the Angula Nature Reserve, the area around the pump storage scheme, is protected and conserved in a way that not only benefits birds and also biodiversity, but in addition to that, and you know, one of the things that we you know, are very proud of is we've been working in the catchment area of the Angula Nature Reserve working with landowners 
to ensure that their properties are protected through something called biodiversity stewardship. Provision is made in the Protected Areas Act for landowners to protect their properties and retain ownership and sign an agreement with the provincial um, government and thus you know, protect these properties. And this is important you know, in, particularly catch, in particular in catchment areas. Now, one of the most critical things, shortages or you know, resources in our country is water. So, yeah. you know, BirdLife South Africa and other organizations put a huge amount of effort into um, conserving strategic water source areas. You know, that, that area in particular is very important for you know, the country's water. Let's take calls if there are any. 86 2032 Mark Anderson, Chief Executive Officer, BirdLife South Africa. We're talking about ornithology. This is the study of birds and everything to do with birds. Ten years ago, a study was commissioned in South Africa. It's a two billion rand industry. Who would have thought? Talking about birds, don't dismiss it. There clearly is opportunity here from a research perspective. BirdLife on its own, for instance, have in excess of 10 PhD holders, presumably marked and elaborate, in line with ornithology. But Mark, let's talk about something that you mentioned earlier on, which I should have asked earlier because that's when the thought visited me, but it's not too late. Owls. Owls in the African context are bastardized. Bastardized because... It is a symbol, if you like, of witchcraft. Now, I'm just talking about owls because that's at least what I know. I don't know what else you know that might be similar to this. How do we engage cultural norms, beliefs, and the like in relation to, in this instance, owls or anything else that might be a bird and in the conservation context that now requires a bit more dexterity in terms of how the sensitivity of that engagement is handled without dismissing either party but also ensuring that nature to the extent possible is respected yeah well that's that's a, a really brilliant um question and, and something which um you know we and other organizations are trying to address and you know there are superstitions around some bird species owls being one and i know for example in alexandra in in johannesburg i was I hoping can, you'd say that because that's the example i had in mind with the rodents there <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's and there's other organizations that have done exceptional work there, and um, particularly with the youth, um, and working with them for them to understand the you know the ecological importance of owl. And you know, with our refuse removal not always being you know what it should, mm. you know, there's a lot more food made available to uh, rodents and particularly rats. Rats, and you know, owls are important um, predators of rodents. You know, the barn owl in particular, but the spotted eagle owl too, and both of them. You know, occur in in urban environments, but it is it is a challenge. Um, and you know, we we've actually been working quite extensively with our community bird guides because you know not all of the traditional beliefs are, you know have some sort of negative association with birds. Many of them have positive associations, and we feel that if some of the information that's you know you know in the heads of you know, elderly people could be passed on to future generations about you know, the good that birds provide, the services they provide, you know, also contribute to their, their conservation. But it's all around awareness, you know, and that's what we, we need to mm. do. I mean, there, there are superstitions. I'm not familiar with all superstitions around all of the birds that we have, particularly owls. But I think through the education of the youth, for them in particular to understand, you know, the ecological value, but also the economic value of birds, they'll probably mm. do more to conserve them. I want to follow up on the youth and their education, but I'm minded to take a voice note now, which is a comment as opposed to a question. Shall we have the voice note, please, Brafini? 
Alosongezo. Is that the Indian miner that he said, hey, this bird is a bully. <laughs> the, it bullies the doves. It bullies the other little ones. I tell you, it is just a bully. Yo, thanks. <laughs> Didn't think I'd be engaging such human behaviors even in the animal kingdom, but here we are, Mark Anderson. Comment that very quickly. Yeah, I mean, they, they can be bullies. <laughs> they are certainly dominate over other birds' um, species. The problem is that what one does about them, you know, I think that when there's a few individuals, like we have, you know, we have probably a few hundred house crows which don't belong here. They're in Durban, um, Richards Bay, they've moved down the coast, but I think there's some in East London, Cape Town. You know, one can you know, implement methods to, to control them, to trap them, to, you know, to euthanize them. And the same for mallard ducks. But when when a species that's been introduced numbers probably in the millions and millions, you know, what does one do besides using methods which could be unselect, unselective and also affect other birds and other animals? You know, it's a, it's a big problem. You know, we've in our house in Johannesburg, we have a pair of um, Indian miners, and they you know, we don't do anything about them. I think they exclude the other the young birds from from our property. And they are interesting. They've got, a, they've got a nice call. But I think, unfortunately, they, they are yet to stay. Um, and as much as I hate saying that, that is the case. But as I said earlier, places like the Kruger National Park, perhaps the Kalakadi, if they do move into these areas, I think then the conservation authorities need to put in an effort to, to remove those few that, that invade these areas so that you know, populations aren't established. Well, fantastic. What a refreshing conversation. I certainly was a little nervous because I didn't think I would be able to engage. But the more I engage, the more I just realize I actually have more questions. Maybe it's because of my curiosity. But Mark, thank you so much for your time. Chief Executive of BirdLife South Africa, what a refreshing engagement about something we clearly should have more of if tonight is anything to go by. Thanks, Alicia. 21 hours. It is indeed time for news. Lesejo, who's doing news? Kimudu Pi Makalimel. 21 hours.